Hey, it's Aidan here. Just before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know about something new. It's called the Magician's Business Group. We've just opened up a Facebook group designed to help you guys as entertainers grow and improve your entertainment business. So if that is you, if you are an entertainer that wants help growing and improving your entertainment business, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you right there. Or if you're like me, have the Facebook app on your phone, open it up and search for the Magician's Business Group and you'll go straight there. Anyways, back to the episode. <laughs> episode what, Aiden? This is episode 69, Ashley. Episode 69, as Aiden <laughs> says. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to an extremely special episode of the TSM podcast. Um, not talking about anything special. It's just the number of episodes we've done to date. <laughs> of course, it's a massive welcome from myself, Ashley Green, and my co-host and best friend, Aiden O'Sullivan. And today we're going to be talking about a topic which is really close to my heart, something that I think about in a lot of the performances that I do, and it's really magic without tricks. Yeah, this is something that's so important at the end of the day, because it's like one of those, uh, I was listening to a podcast, it was Tim Ferriss, um, he was interviewing somebody, I can't actually remember who, um, but they were talking talking about this whole concept of like you should be able to take out the sound of a movie yet still understand the narrative still understand what goes on and essentially like taking that kind of metaphor and that approach and putting it here in in our entertainment businesses and in our in our world of performing if we take out the magic there should be still some stuff actually there there should still feel like magic if we take out these tricks and that's kind of something that we're going to explore today actually looking at some of the some of our favorite ways to actually help create better moments of magic by even pulling back and doing less tricks. I know that Ashley, I don't know whether you wanted to talk about what happened literally last night um, with this whole element of of pulling back on the tricks, but I'll leave you to to explore that. Well, yeah, and you mentioned obviously about Tim Ferriss. Though. I want to give an example, which my friend, uh, my best friend Jack, is a non-magician, but uh, much like yourself, Aiden. Like I think one of your best friends helped write your first stage show. Uh, as did my best friend, a non-magician. It's weird, like, having a layman, first of all, just a completely different tip, which is tangent. I am tangent, man. Having a layman write a magic show with you for stage is insane because they give so many fresh new perspectives. So if anyone out there uh, hasn't got a layman on board to help with creating effects and tricks close up or stage, you're missing out on a big opportunity there. Literally the best. I would argue that's probably the best thing that you can do when writing shows. And and just to eliminate the, the whole question of like, oh my God, well, I can't tell them all the tricks my friend is probably even listening who knows he might be listening to this zach if you're listening i appreciate you but uh shut your ears uh like one of the things that he does is like he learned all of the the behind the scenes on how that show worked and he kind of knew a bit about magic anyway and when it came round to, to the show he was great because he was able to see it from my angle not just his own as a lay person but one of his favorite tricks or pieces i've ever performed to him like ever was um it was a card routine using a rainbow deck essentially uh it was just a, a straight out card trick, a card matching based effect. And all of the cards then were, were transformed or changed into a rainbow deck. So every single back design was different. He still, to this day, thinks it was a deck switch and not a piece of sleight of hand. Even though like I showed that trick to him at the same time of writing the show, it just, it just really proves the point that even if they think they know how all of the magic is done because you get them on board, really, really doesn't. Again, complete tangent, and I'm sure we're going to explore that at another point on the TSM podcast. But back to the story. 
Yeah, he, he said something to me, uh, old Jack, back in the day when we were sat in the calf, and, uh, and it really made a lot of sense. Like you said, the Tim Ferriss example of taking the audio out of the film. He said, you know, I believe a good comedian should be, and you can identify them as a good comedian if you, uh, if you actually get rid of the video and you just listen to the audio there. If you understand what's happening, if you laugh and have fun and you still experience it the exact same, but without the video, then they're a good comedian. Taking that visual element out and just relying on what you hear, the spacing, the timing, the speaking, the tone of voice, that's what makes a good comedian. And I think these are two very powerful points which really are going to be summarised through a couple of the elements in today's episode. But just to tell a story of what happened last night, Aidan, I was... Uh, I was interviewed on uh, on the radio uh, for the uh, BBC and... Uh, they told me a minute before the show, uh, <laughs> which aired, like, this is why you should always have backups, guys. We've explored it in a past episode. Backups upon backups upon backups upon backups. I came in and I had all these ideas. They wanted me to perform on radio. Easy peasy. A minute before the show actually happened, they said, yeah, um, Erica, the producer, by the way, uh, her tech's not working, so she won't actually be able to see you. Now, I'm sure I don't need to explain to all the magicians out there listening right now of how hard it would be to do a magic trick to someone, to do a piece of mentalism to someone that's engaging and fun when they can't see you. And of course, as some of you thinking out there, oh, the anagrams, oh, the uh, other types of anagrams and propless mentalism. But then that becomes boring when you're just listening to the audio. I wanted to have something fun. So instead, Aiden, do you know what I did? I did one trick. The most boring trick in the world. Arguably right. Like, there's nothing special about what I'd done. It, I w all i say is I wouldn't put it as a finale in my shows. I'd done the old triangle and circle cyphors. You know, the one. Think of two simple shapes. One inside the other. Not too complex. Like a star or a heart. Something much more simple. Maybe like a square, but don't go for anything I've said. You restrict them down to, obviously, the triangle and the circle. I'd done that on the radio. Except... That's a 30-second trick to perform. I stretched this out for about five or seven minutes. And the reason why I'd done that was because I was joking with the audience. I was having fun with the audience. The actual trick, the actual magic itself, was not in the fact that the vast majority of the listeners and everyone in the studio thought of a triangle and a circle, because that in and of itself is quite weak when you think about it. What everyone enjoyed was the energy, the pacing, the fun, the back and forth, the banter, the jokes, the entertainment. And that is what real magic is. Those moments between the tricks, the moments of engagement, the moments of ad-lib, going with like just bizarre things or heckles or just unsurprising moments and taking that and running with it. That's real magic. And this is where magic lies within those gaps. And as a byproduct of that, Adam, the producer afterwards said, that is the most fun we've had on radio. I got them to think of a triangle and a circle. Nothing more than that. Nothing more than a... It's stupid. Stupid. But they said, this is the most fun we've had on radio. We want to get you back. We want to make this a regular thing. Can you do more stuff like this? And it was just because I engaged the listeners. I broke the fourth wall. I was fun, exciting. I delivered energy which transmitted through an audio experience. That is what real magic is, guys. And when you can master that, it is really powerful stuff. 
That's it. It's almost like every single week, twice a week, we're coming to straight through your ears, audio only through this podcast, uh, unless you're watching on YouTube, in which case that compromises the point I was making. But let's forget about that right now. Uh, what's really important there is that actually you've highlighted the first key element of this whole discussion point that we're, that we're sharing today in terms of magic without tricks. And that really is letting the magic breathe. Because when you let the magic breathe, when you stop with this whole trick, 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 right next table, trick, 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 and so on and so forth, you actually get this beautiful opportunity where people can relax, people can open up, you can also relax, you can open up, and I know a lot of people will probably be thinking to that in and of itself, oh, I don't want to do that, I don't want to open up, but trust me, it's the best thing you'll ever do. When you Splay my legs at the table, open up in front of everyone. There you go. But when, you, when you're much more relaxed, you can actually show up better in these situations. And again, when you let that magic breathe and you spend the time actually connecting with your audience and, and really understanding where you are in that moment, it just opens up a dynamic, a dynamic that we don't usually get. Like we've seen countless performers when it comes down to the whole walk around or even stage, to be honest. It's like trick, followed by a trick, followed by a trick, followed by a trick, followed by a trick. And most yes, that's kind of what we do as entertainers. There seems to be that that missing bit. Like there wasn't even any gaps to fill. That was the big problem. It wasn't like we were we were the gaps were too short. There just wasn't any gaps. And and again, a media actionable piece of advice from us right now. If your sets or your repertoire or your routines or whatever it is consists of however many tricks just shotgunned back to back please whatever you do rip one of those tricks out rip out your least favorite and give some time to breathe even if that routine is like five seven minutes long take it out and give that opportunity to talk to other people and at the end of the day just because a trick is cool for you and you enjoy like that performing it it doesn't mean it's cool for everyone and you won't ever know what's cool for the people in front of you until you talk to the people in front of you. It's such a bizarre concept, but it's so important. Well, I spoke to you about this, Aidan, and and you know what this gives you practice at? When you can start to slow down on the tricks that you're doing and actually have more space to engage, you start to think, what does it take to be a better entertainer, a better performer? Uh, I was telling you about a show, um, I think the second show i done, Socially Distance, uh, after the restrictions lifted in England, and what did I say to you? Uh, I introed the show, and I, I wouldn't do this at a corporate show just to confirm if you was wondering this was a a, a very social kind of uh, uh relaxed casual show uh, a garden party and uh, and i was booked merely for just entertainment they just wanted to have a laugh and have some fun so the first 20 minutes of that show aiden was me just just talking telling some jokes uh, i vanished a bottle I, I didn't do any tricks i literally threw it and made a joke out of it and and the point here is is not the fact of oh i was prattling around oh i really was stalling and pushing for time no people were hyper engaged hyper like alert really enjoying it and really loving it so when i introduced the trick next it was like the icing on the cake they was already warmed up i've already like massaged them and got them ready for this and then a bang i've hit them with this like amazing thing and then it's back to engaging with them as well and like the 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 whole reason i was able to do that and, and keep people entertained for a solid 20 minutes by just talking crap let's be honest here 
was because this has come from practice, from me actually going around and doing tricks and taking the time to really slow down and know how to talk to people. And there will be people out there who think, it's really hard to speak to my audience. It's really hard to slow down and actually engage and know what to say. Bear in mind I'm autistic, so social communication is is not my strong point. Yet I've been able to do it, you know, so anyone, I, I would argue, if me, Mr. Socially Awkward, Mr. I have no idea how to talk to people can do this, anyone on the planet can do it, trust me, and when you do it, it becomes better. And the other, the other real reason of why letting your magic breathe is so important, thinking time, Aiden. You know, I've seen magicians before do the ambitionist card, and, uh, it's a bang, it's at the top, bang, it's at the top, bang, it's at the top. And when I watch it, I think, oh, that's impressive. But my brain doesn't really comprehend what what just happened there. It's like with mentalism. Oh, I've written something down, then the mentalist told me what it is. If you slow down, you can really prove the point of how impossible this is. You can really build it up. I can't remember whether it was um, David Berglas telling us this or, or another. I think it might, it might have been Berglas or another one, but telling a story of, of building up a, an equivocate. And rather than just doing like a, a small little equivocate, for, and again, just a boring trick, you know, but this, this again proves the point. Rather than just like equivocate, done, there's a trick and people are like, yeah, that's cool. I, I remember, I think, I think it was Burglass. We go with it. Burglass, if you're out there listening to the pod and this was you, just please let me know to settle the curiosity. Uh, thank you, David. Um, but I swear he told us this example of how he was performing at a, a restaurant or a cafe and, and he'd done the equivocate there. And rather than just doing it, he was really explaining how difficult this was going to be and saying to everyone, right, all of you right now, I need five objects and getting everyone involved, getting the whole cafe involved. And, and this was a routine that took 10, 15, 20 minutes in and of itself. So when the moment happened, because of the process, because of the build up, because of the entertainment going on, the back and forth and the, oh, I don't know whether this is going to work. This is going to be crazy if this is works. Even though it was a choice of five objects, it's now it now seems more impossible because people can comprehend. So when the finale happened, the whole cafe, the whole place where he was performing, just went wild with like applause and like this insane reaction and just doing something difficult. And it was because people have that thinking time so they can understand, oh yeah, there's no way it could be this. There's no way it could be like, there's no way it could be a trick. Wow, if this really does happen, I know it's a one in five, but if this does happen, this is insane. And then you get the better reactions on top. I think this goes down to something that we're, we're always fascinated with, and that's that whole, what are the stories that we want to leave our audiences with? And nine times out of 10, when it comes down to gigs and working, uh, uh, close up, for example, um, and, or even just after stage, we have these conversations with people who have seen a magician before. Like they're the people that they have seen a magician before, yet they cannot tell us who they are, like by name. They cannot tell us where they were based. They cannot tell us what they even did. All they know is that it was, oh yeah, it was a card trick and he was good. Like that's about all we get. And, and when it comes down to moments like this, by slowing down, letting your magic breathe, even though that feels scary, probably right now, you actually get to you, well, you get a load of benefits. First of all, you get to heighten this moment and get more people involved if that's the direction you want. Or maybe you don't want to get more people involved. Instead, what you've got this opportunity is, is you can build on this moment and deliver high impact stories. You can get this, this vision of this specific moment, this experience locked into people's head in such crystal clear detail so that when they go to a wedding and there's another magician at that wedding, 
They can tell that magician about you by name, about what you did. They know you on a much deeper level just by slowing down. And, and we're not saying ditch your openers and just do one trick here. It's it's the point of just giving that space to actually focus on really delivering your material to the best that it deserves and that you deserve it to be. Because like we've done this both countless times, I'm sure. And I know, I know I'm speaking from my experience here. Like, I've just done a routine, given it a little bit of a, a pause and then gone straight into another routine without really focusing on making this one routine the best possible thing that I can. And, and you know me, Ashley, for me, the witch hand routine is something that I obsess over. And because it's just a 50-50, like I won't go into the full depths of it now, because it's just a 50-50 in and of itself, if I just did that and moved on, would be pretty sucky because there's nothing really impressive there. But what I have to do is build in that moment, build in the emphasis on this routine, make it something that's so much better than the sum of its parts. And so when I go to the next table and people meet me a year later, they still remember me and they still remember what I do because I focused on building that moment. And and it you've got the side effect of like, you're not going through material at 100 miles an hour. So you don't have to keep burning through new books and new DVDs and new downloads and all of that stuff because you can really maximize like the patio force or, or the or the equivalent magician's choice or, or whatever principle you learn you get to play with in so many different ways it's so important just slowing that down and building the experience to create the best possible stories so much of a game changer i know for me personally definitely there you go slow down to level up Easy as that. But for anyone that doesn't really get this, Aiden, can I ask you a, a direct question here? Yeah. Sure. So we've mentioned, obviously, slowing down and, and spacing out these tricks. And a lot of people are probably thinking, OK, I can heighten it, prove the point. But if you are slowing down and you're giving yourself that breathing space, what specifically should you be doing in that breathing space? Well, there's a few things that you can do. And, and for us, like there's a, we look at this uh, in terms of like internal factors and external factors, namely internal of what are the things and the experiences that you've got right there available to you. And then you've got some other external techniques, which we'll talk about actually in, in a little while, actually, that we'll bring it up later. Um, but the most important thing to do right there and then is to connect with your audience in any way that you possibly can. And the easily the easiest question, and, and when I first heard of it like this, it changed the dynamic of every conversation that I ever had. Are you talking to your audience, or or are you talking at your audience? Like that, that's a very clear distinction. Are you talking to your audience, or are you talking at your audience? Because talking to them, you're having this conversation. It opens up a more two-way dialogue. But if you're talking at your audience, that's just you constant, full-on dialogue saying this. Well, not necessarily the same thing. Please don't be saying the same thing at people. But it, it implies like that one-way communication there. Whereas all conversations and to really connect with your audience, you need to be uh, talking to them and with them more importantly perhaps that's a better way of thinking of it how to talk with your audience and i know that this is something that we've been exploring for quite a while now one of the things on that as well were it just <laughs> just makes you uh 
seems so much nicer and and i think it's the most underplayed thing uh, really uh, w- within this is the use of names uh, the the one thing the one word that people love to hear more than anything is their own name i think that comes from how to win friends and influence people if i'm not uh, mistaken or somewhere somewhere it's I read it somewhere if, if we say your Let- name right now dan steve eric yeah, yeah, Derpy Dan, I'm talking to you uh, on that, on making like uh, uh, silly names. Um, look, you, you, I'm, I'm going to cover that in a, in a second of why that's actually useful. You need to be remembering people's names because you don't want to be going, oh, what's your name? Oh, I've forgotten your name. Oh, so and so. It is just unprofessional. Yeah, there's ways you can get out of it. For example, if you want to get someone to say, uh, do me a favor, just say your name three times in a row. To just get them to say it. That's what I used to do. If I forgot their name, I'll say, before we go into this, can you just say your name three times in a row out loud? Susan, Susan, Susan. And and, and I would play that as a trick because I'd just forgotten their name. So there's a little scapegoat if you want to get out. I think you've got one as well, don't you? Well, I was going to say, I, I, I'll happily share it here. It's something actually I, I kept it secret for so long as a little chapter in, in, in some upcoming projects. Uh, but yeah, this has got me out of jail so many times. But rather than asking them to say their name, I, I always tried that... Th- I just felt awkward with that because like, I forgot. If I felt like asking them directly, could you just say your name? It would make it weird. So what I, I love doing instead when I forget somebody's name is I have them think of the piece of information or, and if they're not thinking of one, I get them to think of it and just have them say that in their mind. Like right now, I want you to, listeners, think of a uh, a fruit. Okay, Just think of that fruit and now think of your name. And now say your name. Now go back to thinking of your name. And now think of your fruit. In that moment there, we slow right down. We get really intentional over what the dialogue and that communication is. And as a byproduct, you just say your name and it looks like I'm inferring from that. And I'm getting something out of that. Obviously, there's a lot more to it. But the long story short is... We just found clever ways of getting somebody's name back if we've forgotten, which happens to the best of us, uh, like at, at the best of times, to be honest. Yeah. But ultimately, you shouldn't forget names. Even though it does happen, please try your hardest. And if you want my number one tip on how I re- remember names, I look at someone, I look at one weird feature about them. Maybe they've got a massive mole that's the size of their fist and their name's Michael. I'm going to go, hey, moldy Michael. Fat Mole Michael. And that's how it, that is going to stick. You're going to go away later and you're going to remember Moly Michael, Fat Mole Michael. Like, there's no way you can forget that and you visualize it in your mind if you want to follow the Harry Lorraine uh, approach to, to remembering names. Start making it fun, a little bit humorous, maybe a little bit rude or weird if you want to go down that point. And there's no way you can forget people's names. And if you do, if you do slip up, now you got some backups. But yeah, using their name, actually dressing them uh, by name will really help you connect with them as well. But you've got to show that you're actually interested in them and be genuinely, sincerely interested in them, in their life, what they're up to, why they're here. Actually, just be a nice guy. We speak about uh, networking in the right way. Uh, a lot of people assume, like we say, like the smoothie business cards. And we get a lot of our work through talking to people the right way and doing this for real. And and this can be done in your routines. You've got to talk to people. You've got to understand them. You've got to be interested in, th- in them. And if you show an element of being interested in them, then naturally they're going to be interested in you. And then your effects are going to stand a little bit longer. And they're going to want to wait around a little bit longer. 
and actually be like, oh no, I just want to get back to my crumble and custard. Bugger off, mate. Crumble you know, and custard. So, <laughs> I don't know where the examples are that coming was from. Such I'm a just great going example. Moly Michael, crumble and custard. <laughs> but it'll help you remember the episode. Just saying. Weird things like that, it will help. Well, look, actually, there's something else on that. Like, I, I want to pick your brains on a little bit here because, yes, we we talk about this a lot in terms of being interested in people and remembering their names and, and not learning about them before they learn about you kind of stuff, like, where possible. What if, and I'm going to be completely blunt here, and, and I'm going to ask it from, like, as if this was me so the audience can sit behind me on this one. What if I just don't care about these people? Get a new job. Stop doing entertainment. Genuinely, that if you told me that one day, I I would tell you that. Like you, if you don't care about the people that you're performing to, you need to get a new job, mate. Honestly, you're not in the right career. I can't elaborate on it any more than that. I know, I know, I will. I will. I'll break this down. The reason why you should get a new job, the reason why this isn't the career for you, is because your whole job as an entertainer is to put smiles on faces, make people have a bit of fun. And maybe if you've followed the TSM podcast for a while, align that with your MTP and your actual vision about the future, which you can grab the vision stack on our website, thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash vision. If you're interested in that, if you want to take your career so much further instead of just doing tricks. (laughs) So, look, if you take these tips and you think, okay, I want to make my magic better at a baseline level. I'm going to remember their name. I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to talk with them. I'm going to, I'm going to be interested, but I don't care. People pick up on your inner body language, your inner emotions. If you don't care, they will sense that. And then you're going to start a reverse connection. It's going to seem jarring. It's not going to seem right. This is the, what we talk about in character. If you're displaying a character, if you're reading minds, you've got to believe it from within to actually do it on the outside. Because people, if you're focusing on tricks, people are going to think there's tricks. If you're focusing on the woo-woo connection to the spirits, people are going to be, ooh, Spirits are involved. It's just displayed through your body language. I hope that... I'm just going weird examples, mate. I, if you read minds through apple cru- crumble crusted, you've got to imagine the apple crumble <laughs> custard. And all. Jeez, where's this going? But you get the point. You, you have to actually genuinely care about your audience because if you don't, if you try and fake it, people will know and then you will seem like an arsehole and then your tricks won't be... Well, actually, they'll just be tricks, won't they? You won't be an entertainer. You'll just be rocking up, doing some tricks, and that's it. What's the easiest way to turn people off and make them think that you're jo- well, they Not even think anything. It's easy for people to just be, oh, yeah, cool trick, if, if you're just being that guy. And, and the other thing that a lot of people, and we see a lot of people say, is just, well, in order to be interested in somebody, just ask them questions. But if you are genuinely not interested in the people, the biggest problem that you will face and we've seen it we've been there we've done it in the past we've had to learn from it is this whole asking questions that just don't further the experience like at the end of the day just asking somebody questions because that will deepen your connection with them is absolute lies in and of itself that's not going to be helpful but if you are genuinely interested in people and the people in front of you more importantly you can be asking the right questions questions that deepen your relationship with them questions that don't just give you more information about them and what they do and all that stuff but information about how they engage with other people what their situations like it's really hard to describe because that's a really 
it's it's a depth element to it that you're not just understanding the the person for like this horizontal plane of information about them but you're going deep as well like how much could you learn about each individual area it's like going on a date if you go on a date and you just are quite boring or bland or just asking constant questions what do you do as a job yeah do you come here often what's your favorite drink do you have pets? Whereas if you actually care about, yeah, like, it doesn't further anything, doesn't further any connection, doesn't further any relationship. Whereas if you, like, you get along with them, you're actually asking stuff because you're genuinely interested. You're actually speaking about stuff because you're genuinely interested. And it's a two-way conversation. You ask something and then you share a topic. They share a topic. You quiz further than that. They ask you something. And it's a back and forth. And that's how good conversation and good communication works. And that is what we should be adopting into our magic. And when that happens, now you seem like a nice guy. People are interested in you. Your magic is going to take a little bit longer, but that's okay because now you can do less tricks. You've got more in the arsenal, but it doesn't matter that you're doing less tricks because you're taking the time to connect, have fun, and you're also connecting what we previously said amongst the conversation, which you're having naturally with the spectators on stage, off stage, in parlor, close up, works everywhere. You're building it up and supplying tension and building up little moments to prove how impossible the trick is. And you get in that real elements of depth and excitement to what you're about to do. Now that's going to heighten your ambitious card. You don't need to do 20 rises to the top. I would argue any magician right now who does 20. I'm going to come across like that arrogant prick now, Aiden. Any magician out there doing that 20 ambitious card rises to the top. I could trump that. I could do one and get a better reaction because... I'm engaging with the audience, I'm having fun with the audience, and I'm building up, rather than just doing, hey, it's at the top, hey, it's at the top. It's taking it in, it's placing it in, it's having a chat, it's making a moment, it's like, right, watch, nothing. And now, now it's at the top. And that's spread over the course of 10 minutes. So impossible, everyone's going to freak out, and it's going to be the best piece of magic they've ever seen. I think it's really worth mentioning that you've just given an example there. I don't want people to think that this is all about going really slow, being delicate with the magical blow or the wave of the hand or, or things like that. That's just... An oh God, example please, of, not the blow away with the hand. Oh, like, God. They're the worst oh, things. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> the magical... We're going to cast a shadow. Ca- cast a shadow, the magical... That does absolutely nothing except I breathe I just realised I've done that on the podcast as well. I was acting out. I was just like, it comes to the top. Yeah, oh, no! That doesn't do I need anything. to re-listen to this episode. What have I done? What have I done? Oh, God, this is hilarious. No, but this is, but this is the point I want to make. It, like, just because like you gave that example there in terms of slowing down like realistically properly slowing down in the case of you being much more gentle slow intention we don't just mean that like you can slow down and have a crap ton of energy like like me for example you take you slow me down i might do one trick but because i've got such a bubbly charismatic energy in that performance mode there i'm still learning about it i'm still doing all of this and i've still slowed down my trick 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 compulsions if you like it's like that's much slower and i'm instead putting my energy my character into something much more worthwhile and much more useful so i I really wanted to kind of flag that up because again definitely it's definitely worth mentioning well this is exactly what they said on the radio to link it back to what we said at the beginning the producer said to me i love the energy i love the enthusiasm i love the way you came across and actually engaged that's it went miles well, that, that's the stuff at the end of the day. That's the most important element, actually being able to do these kind of things of of engaging with the people. Because at the end of the day, the, like 
I've said this before, I'll say it again, it's, it's my underlying philosophy of you, you just have to be a good person because you never know who will buy a ticket to your show. And if you're, if you come across like awkwardly or trick, 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 trick in a, a wedding or a corporate event or a, a university tour or, or anything like that, you could literally be burning potential bridges and burning away potential ticket sales to not just one show, but an entire tour, a tour beyond that tour, a, a tour beyond that tour, beyond that tour or in five, 10 years time, a booking later down the line. There's so many different things that, that you could just absolutely just burn up. And it's, it's, annoying at that point and actually look you know we've we've been rolling now for just about half an hour we've we had another entire point planned in terms of these external techniques what what i think might be actually best is is we just give a, a brief overview of like an example of this and perhaps we can continue this part of the conversation in uh, maybe another in another entire episode in because this is the stuff that really makes magic much more engaging than just the tricks because like we can slow down and we can we can talk to our audience and, and that will naturally create the magic without the tricks but that- well yeah our next point kind of links into one of the things that you sent out on and guys if you're not getting aiden's daily emails of like tips to take your career to the next level wow absolutely they're they're insane head over to the uh to the website the successful mentalist.com and grab one of our three things you'll automatically go on to the to the daily emails but boy oh boy you've been sharing some awesome tips and, and one of them was actually talking about how i managed to entertain a group of people by telling ghost stories again wouldn't do that at a corporate event or a wedding because like the bookers actually want me to do some bloody tricks <laughs> at the heart of it just you know but i was uh, performing at a residency it was late at night and, and i i told ghost stories and stories and i captivated people and i had them on the edge of their seat going through the wave of emotions and the excitement the same as what they would do with a trick except there was no trick there and it was through uh, the power of storytelling which yeah 100 percent, we need to explore that in a later episode definitely yeah well this is the point like when you slow down and you give your magic that time to breathe then you get the beauty of these internal factors within your within your conversations and namely that's connecting with people looking at what you have available right there and then and exploring that to connect with people and then after that after you've done those two steps can you start playing with these external techniques such as storytelling such as adding adding additional engagement opportunities we'll talk about this in, an, in in another episode but it's so important to just slow down connect with the people right in front of you and really use that and think what are the stories that you want these people to go away and talk about and more importantly do you want your name in those stories because if you're anything like us you do. You definitely want to be name dropped in these stories so that that, again, will create viral growth across your social media, if that's what you're after, or on your email list, if that's what you're after. And more importantly, if you're doing live shows, you could create a lot of tickets sold just by creating better stories, by doing magic without any of the tricks. 100%. And, and I want to ask you a favour now. Not not you, Aidan. Bugger off. I'll go eat my crumbling custard. Yeah, you, you go back to the crumbling custard and stories. But but you listening right now, I'm talking to you in your ear, on your desktop or hi-fi system, depends how much money you've got. <laughs> but but you listening right now, I, I'm really just curious to know what you're going to change after listening to this episode. And, and if you actually use some of these techniques, uh, so do reach out and, and let us know. Uh, message us on social media or in the TSM network, uh, thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash community if you want to reach out uh, from there. But 
But one of the favours I actually, actually really wanted to ask is we're on a mission at the moment to transform the lives of all magicians across the globe uh, by, by 2040 if you want to whack a date on it. At the moment, we're in 95 countries, which is insane, considering there's only 195 countries in the world. And some of the tips and techniques that we've been sharing across the past year, and, and especially in our elite coaching course, Learn to Thrive, it relies around like the four main pillars, mindset, business, performance skills, like what we've explored today in a little bit, and uh, and health. And we want to get this information out there to so many more people. So if you can take the time to maybe share this podcast with a friend and say, hey, you might like some of the advice in there then it would mean the absolute world because we just want to help people help you and transform the lives and uh, create a better community and a stronger network of, of modern magicians, I'm calling those that actually entertain well, those that take their business to the next level, those that are in the right frame of mind and uh, those who are health optimized and like us going to live to 200 years old. So uh, yeah, help us help you. Um, little favor, little plea, little pleasure help that's all i'm asking for i'm gonna get out your ear now because aiden's back from eating his custard oh that lovely custard mm, nom 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 but no please do reach out and again if you want to give us a, a little share on your social media make sure to tag us and more importantly than all of that ashley if you saw a magic podcast what is the first thing that you would do to know whether it's any good i'd look at the reviews aiden i'd be like oh is it worth my time listening well, I think you've just spotted something. Please do leave us a review. This is going to be so important to help these other entertainers actually listen to our show. Reach out and let us know or, or on your favourite podcast app. I don't know whether it's a swipe down or a swipe up or a swipe across. Like You go do that yourself. Go find that out. Again, all of these opportunities would just help us get our information and get this opportunity that you're having right now into the eyes, into the ears, into the hands of into the body into the mouth into the, into the mouth of other entertainers across the globe um this episode has been so bizarre i think we need to we need to ease up on the old uh whatever we've had beforehand i don't even know there we go guys so enjoy that and hopefully this really helps with your performance here it's close-up material stage parlor whatever um honestly it's it's been a game changer for us and um like we said today the main thing is to shove this episode down your friend's nostril so they can sniff all the knowledge as well and with that we will see you guys soon of course this has been ashley green and the wonderful aiden o'sullivan and this has been the successful mentalist podcast we'll see you soon bye bye Hey, it's Aiden here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, it would really mean the world to us if you just took a moment to leave a rating and a review on your preferred podcast player. That way it just helps us grow the show and get it into the ears of more listeners across the world in a non-creepy way. Also, when you're ready to roll, here are three ways that we can help you right now. Number one is to join our free Facebook group. It's called the Magician's Business Group and we're creating the most valuable space on the internet for entertainers that are looking to grow and improve their business. We'd love you to join us inside. So to do that, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you straight there or just pull open Facebook and search for the Magician's Business Group. Number two is to take our new quiz. It'll help you find the biggest opportunity in your entertainment business right now. And in just a few quick questions, you'll be presented with a seven minute breakdown of your biggest opportunity and how you can actually go about tackling that to help increase your entertainment business and boost it completely. In order to take the quiz, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz, and we'll be able to get you your results. Number three, momentum. 
If you'd like to make an extra two grand a month in Magic without paying a penny for advertising, we'd love to help you. Our latest coaching program, Momentum, is designed to get you booking gigs every single week for at least £500 so that you can be growing your entertainment business without having to worry about websites or business cards or advertising or any of that kind of stuff. To find out more, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum and we'll send you all of the details.